Did you go to cake tasting? Not yet. We haven't done any tasting. So apparently. No, once you go cake tasting, you'll end up with like, we'll be doing like a sponge with lemon no. and raspberry. No, no. With a hint of lavender. Oh my God. Coconut That's flakes. so funny. I'm like, I'm just hopeful. Like we have an open bar. I'm like, by the time the cake comes out, but I guess people like Jessica are eager for it. I don't know. So maybe I should yeah. reprioritize that. Yeah, you should. Because I'm your maid of honor. Oh so my like, goodness. I priority. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll just send you to do the cake. <laughs> That's okay. I'll fly in next weekend. Let's go cake tasting. Okie dokie. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is episode five. So excited that you guys continue to subscribe and listen to us. And we're just having fun and, and so thankful for everyone who's just left us like really positive reviews because we've gotten quite a bit of them. DMs, comments on YouTube, comments on the pod, on Spotify and Apple. And so just thank you to everybody. Want to acknowledge everybody who's just been very supportive. It makes my heart so happy. I actually just got this message, Ash, a few minutes ago. This woman reached out and just said, hey, I love listening to you and Ashley because I thought I was the only woman on the planet who was over 30 and didn't have children yet. <laughs> or it feels that way, but it's so nice to know you can still chase your career and have a family at home. So it's so great to have the inspiration and I watch your pod every week. That's so sweet. 30s are not so old. Much. 30s Especially are the 20s, now. Baby. Oh my gosh. Like, 30s are not old. I would not go back to my 20s. So, and nope, I don't have any kids over here. So there okay, do exist. We collectively have four dogs. Oh my and gosh. my fiance is trying to get pigs, sheep, goats. <laughs> the things at our place, but, uh, have, hasn't been able to successfully do it yet. Um, but we'll see when we were talking, Ash, when we were talking about the end of the world, I'm just wondering how you're going to get your dogs anywhere. I know. <laughs> Can you get them all in the, in the same car at the same time? Mm. So for everyone listening, Ashley I'm has like, two great Danes. No, but two Mastiffs. Two and Mastiffs. And a boxer. And they're pretty big. But we put them all in the same in Gary's truck, like when we've taken them to the dog park. But it's it's just such an ordeal. It's such a field trip that it's almost like, mm-hmm. just play in the backyard, you guys. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so much. And then you have to like clean the car and, you know, dog hairs uh. everywhere. So love them to pieces, though. Um, but I think a lot of people are wondering what we think about Love is Blind the reunion and unfortunately this is kind of crazy that we both have not seen it yet um it's just kind of been a crazy weekend for me and um so I haven't watched it yet I've heard about it and I've seen clips on Instagram but I know you have not watched it yet either and maybe for a different reason I don't know if you want to elaborate yeah I'm actually not gonna watch it (laughs) I uh just to cut to the chase I was in an interview with US Weekly and it was either an interview or a podcast or both, I think. And I had just been talking extensively that morning with my fiance about Shake and his portrayal and this clip that had come out on Love is Blind's Instagram. And to me, it was treacherous. There's so much that we're (laughs) dealing with in the world right now and people are experiencing real humanitarian crises. And to see someone shamed so terribly and... The entire concept of the show is supposed to be that it's an experiment. And I feel like there are such winners and losers and the losers are made to be shamed to their lowest point. 
And it, it scares me, honestly. And so when the interviewer asked me how I felt about Shake, I actually started to break down crying and kind of lost it for a little bit um, and wasn't able to actually respond to the question. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch the reunion at all. Um, I, I feel like the sentiment that I was originally sold on for Love is Blind has, has really been kind of lost in this mix of Love is Blind getting so big based on character um, portrayal. <laughs> and assassination. Well, I, I think a lot of people <laughs> listening might be kind of not confused, which is like really perplexed by that because, mm-hmm. you know, we have been talking about it so openly over the past four episodes and people might be like, wait, what? Why can't you watch the reunion? So, I mean, was this just like a feeling you had last week or has this been building up or what? It's it hadn't really been building up because I hadn't seen a lot of parallels from my experience to their experience. And I wanted to watch, especially because these are Chicagoans. I'm from Chicago. I felt, you know, such a pull to watch and make sure that I could watch out for these guys, regardless, you know, of what was going on. And I don't know what it was about the reunion, um, but it was just very hard. And I went back to my experience on the reunion and I remember someone on the set telling me that they were just glad I could even show up, glad that I could even be there. And it was, it was such a derogatory, felt derogatory to me because I felt I was the reason that the show had entertainment. And <laughs> I, I saw that same kind of thing playing out on this reunion. And I feel that the character assassination has become such a part of the entire, um, like the synopsis of the show synopsis. Yeah. So people might be like, well, who's she talking about? Do you feel comfortable sharing or is it just all of them or it's, is, is it a particular moment in the show? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because Chris Colin, the creator of the show put out an article in the LA times and you know, he talks about it, not the show, not having a point of view. And that makes me really happy because I want to make sure that the show doesn't have a point of view and, you know, continues on in that way, because otherwise you're not going to get people to sign up for the show. If love is blind and you have to marry that person. Interesting. Interesting. And I'm, I'm also going to take a beat from social media. I actually just saw Heather McDonald who I love her podcast as well, um, is taking some time off of Instagram. I think I'm going to do the same. It's just, I think good every now and then to do that kind of thing. Take a step back. Yeah. Um, and I told you that I actually saw, a. Uh, an article in Forbes and it was about Netflix's editing on the second season of love is blind. And it called it deceptive um, basically to mask the finale. I thought it was really intriguing, obviously because I know you, but I think a lot of people were saying this online as well. Like the, sh- mm-hmm. the show, the season this time was kind of set up like, I don't know. I felt like <laughs> the couples who looked like they were going to get married all of a sudden they didn't like last minute. Um, like Shane and Natalie last minute have a fight and don't get married. Whereas I felt like maybe Netflix or the producers could have done a better job of like kind of showing the struggles throughout the entire mm-hmm. season and not just waiting for the last episode. Like that felt inauthentic to me. Um, also Mallory and Sal, I thought they were great. Now all of a sudden Sal's in love with deep tea. Like the whole thing is just kind of like, wait, so was all of this going on behind the scenes and we just were not able to see it. And wait, why not? Well- let me correct that. So it's Kyle and Deep Tea are Kyle potentially sorry, dating. Okay. But 
I think he's looking for a come up. I'm sorry. That's the one thing I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it was interesting too. I was also on Kate Casey's podcast last week and she had this two part podcast that was um, reviewing the finale of Love is Blind. So she also had the reality gaze on and they were saying it just wasn't believable, the editing. And Jarrett and Ayana throughout their entire storyline, it had been about the partying and that she was unhappy and he was probably not ready for marriage. And then in the end, they were really happy. And they said they had gotten a bunch of messages through Instagram that said there was just no drama for that couple. People that really know Jarrett and Ayana, they didn't have any drama. Their families were getting along and integrating and there just wasn't a story there. So they really reached deep for for this, uh, you know, to make a story out of it. And who, I wonder who decides who gets what stories, right? Like, obviously, like, you didn't decide your storyline. Um, I mean, you, whatever. I you did played not. A part. We're, I mean, we're, we're adults. We can say, like, I guess you played your little small role into it, and they saw an opportunity there. Um, but I wonder who's like, oh, this would be a good couple to cause drama, or let's make this couple look who like Who is that America's, person? I don't know. It's interesting know. because all of the production folks who I count as good friends who all actually posted on social media when the show came out about how good of a person I actually was. They said it was all on post-production. So those pesky post-production guys, I don't know when they come into the mix, but they really uh, create the stories. But they also have storyline people who are part of the production teams. So every couple has their own production team and they also have a storyline person. So that Mm. person's constantly looking for stories and making sure that it makes sense from start to finish. I think with the second season, what everyone's calling out, you know, in the Forbes article with the reality gaze, they're just kind of saying nothing made sense in terms of a story from start to finish. And I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I will say I saw the reunion was number one on Netflix. So achieved what they wanted to for what it's worth, you know, um, with the producers and everyone behind the show, what they wanted to get out of it. It was number one. Mm-hmm. And I know to you, you're just like, okay, but what at what cost? And, you know, I think <laughs> nobody can understand as uniquely as maybe you and the cast members can. Like we can all imagine ourselves. And obviously I've worked in local news and, and we've done editing as well. Um, I've always wanted to edit, you know, for the best, but, you know, people will recognize that they probably see character people, excuse me, on their local newscasts who are characters and who maybe, you know, you always think of the people with no teeth or, you know, the the person who will give you a soundbite that's just kind of ridiculous, but you're going to use it because it's like a good soundbite. It's good TV. So I'm kind of acutely aware of that, but um, on a scale of Netflix proportion, um, that's a whole other story. I'm over it people yeah (laughs) I know you are um but I think it just it speaks to the fact that we both and I think just women who are at the same in the same stage of life as us have a lot more to offer than um just like one edit or you know one show and so I know you're trying to move into a new arena where you can expand you know, in your own businesses and some different ventures that you want to start and kind of move away from the character that was created. Absolutely. Because I think I'm realizing now more than ever, now that people are rewatching season one, that that's going to follow me forever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, do I want to play into that and keep gassing it up? Not necessarily sure I want to do that. 
So mm-hmm. more to what come. You, we'll see. More to but. come. What do you think of, um, and I guess this kind of segues into what we'll talk about next with mental health and this whole reality stardom um, and the edits people get. But what do you think of, or do you think production and big media companies have a role or played a role in how you felt over the past two years in terms of bullying, like Dr. Honda said last time we spoke? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you blame people who have commented on your social media? I mean, who do you think is at fault? Do you blame yourself? I blame myself to an extent because you always rolled the dice when you signed up for these reality shows. Ash and I actually have a mutual friend right now signing up for a show on Netflix, a net new show. I also have another friend from LA um, who's signing up for a show. And it's scary because you're rolling the dice and you just don't know what it's going to look like. So I definitely take accountability for that. Um, It's a dark world when you step into reality television and the production that goes into it. Um, There's only so much I can say about that. Sure. But- All I can say is everyone has to go to sleep with themselves and God at night. And that's how I've gotten through is just God knows my story and my truth. And, you know, that's, that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot of people that, that play a part. I think the folks that feel so compelled to comment on Instagram and Facebook and, and the other social media platforms, uh, they're just finding themselves in it, right? They've probably experienced some of the things that they're seeing play out in these relationships and they're feeling like they need to jump in and, um, you know, to come to someone's rescue or to make someone feel small. And that's okay. I don't, I don't blame those folks as much. I know there's a lot, like Dr. Kirk was saying last week, Ash, there's a lot of pain in the world. And that's what I see when I get those comments. It's very rare that anything cuts that deep. I just see that they're probably in pain. And, you know, you sent me and, or you made me aware of a, a reality TV host who had taken her life trigger warning. Um, this mm-hmm. is about suicide. So just wanted to put that out there, but a reality host who had taken her life. And I looked her up, Caroline Flack. I'm not completely familiar with love Island. Um, I'm not big housewives fan, but outside of that, not too much reality TV. Um, but I kind of looked into her situation as well. And actually, you know, there's some new articles up right now. Cause I guess, um, Oh, here's Peyton. I can hear Peyton's in the house. Yep. My dogs were barking that <laughs> long ago. Um, but police are once again, looking at the decision to charge her. Basically she had taken her life. Um, and she was, supposed to be charged with assault of her boyfriend and when she found that out she took her life but there's a lot of talk about the role the press and social media and even other celebrities played in her demise Mm -hmm. and just really working together collaborative collaboratively collaboratively i got you girl (laughs) collaborating (laughs) to bring her down yeah and i thought oh okay that's it's so interesting because yeah, something like that happens, right? And mm-hmm. let's just say it maybe something like that happened. Heaven forbid with you. I feel like we would see so many people like, oh, like I'm so sad. Yeah. And it's like, well, why did really? we do? Why did we pile on like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, Ash. Thank you for bringing that up because Caroline took her life 2 days after the show, my show premiered. So when there was this piling on, some folks were saying, "Hey y'all, 
Caroline Flack just took her life. Please do not do this. This is a, a really bad situation for Jessica to be in. And, you know, it was only a matter of days from, from that point that I did not see a way out. And um, that was really, that was really a tough time. Caroline Flack, her story, I feel, did not get the media coverage that it deserved. Flat mm-hmm. out. There were also two before her from that same exact show mm-hmm. that committed suicide. And oh, it's wow. all... What is in, the show for people like me? What is... what is Love what's, Island. What's the premise of it? You know, I think it's just kind of innocent people sign up and try to find love. And, you know, okay. again, you roll the dice. If you're on the wrong side the storyline, then, you know, you see this all play out. And I don't know those individual stories as, you know, to, to speak to them, um, and, and, and to bring those honor at all. But I just, I think there is, there needs to be more human focus on these people that sign themselves up for entertainment of others. And that's what, that's why I wanted to do this whole thing is I want to be there for, for all these, especially the Chicagoans who are signing up for this, just in case anything were to happen. And I guess I woke up the other day before that interview and I felt like, what if something were to happen? I could never forgive myself. This is the one thing I have said is I will never allow others to feel the way I felt when I was in such a dark place that I didn't know if. I could get to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately I, I told that to you know a couple people in my life and I regret that. And, you know, it's just, it, it was such a hard time. I never want anyone else to find themselves in that position that signs up for the show. And that's one thing that I've, I've said that I will do. Well, you don't regret asking for help though. I think like if you need help and if anyone finds themselves in a situation where they do feel like that, it's okay to tell people. I know you kind of it's feel okay. maybe... You said you're regretful because it's like very personal, right? But like, yeah, absolutely reach out for help if you feel that down in the dumps and, you know, like you don't know how you're going to make it to tomorrow. And I think this is mm-hmm. just very um, insightful for people to hear because, you know, everything looks glamorous on social media, right? Like everything looks great. Yeah. And people probably think, oh, wow, like she, you know, you obviously got a platform out of this, but you know, you've gone through some very dark days to get here. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was so dark and I never want anyone to experience that alone again, especially we were season one. So we Mm -hmm. didn't know what was happening and it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more overwhelming. And the fact that I didn't feel like I could show my face at work again, it's really tough. So Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone else that goes on this show to ever experience that. So that's, if I did this for anything, it's for that. Um, and I guess that means you kind of relate to, to I guess, yeah, the character out of season yeah. two, who's kind of gotten the most flack, which I, I don't even think he has gotten half Near the flack that you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. And I think there's a lot of folks that are like, Hey, wait, isn't this an experiment? Shouldn't he be allowed to not feel a certain way? Um, he just came off as such a jerk. There's he came a, I off mean, as if a you're jerk. not attracted to somebody, and you don't talk about like their weight and stuff. Like, give me a break. I agree. And he still is coming off as a jerk. I'm not <laughs> pretending like he's not. I mean, he's attacking people on social media, very well-respected people. And he's just definitely looking for a come up. I think that's obvious. But, you know, I hope he humbles himself and... I can't imagine that he's gotten this far and he has such a lovely family without, 
you know, and having he's a some humility he's in like there. Smart. You have to be incredibly smart to be a vet because you know you have to learn all of those animals and their insides. Yeah, we have to understand too. It's an uncomfortable position. Not many people have been in it, and you could be acting pretty unnatural just based on everything coming at you and. Yeah, it's such a weird, it's like not a normal situation at all. And yeah. I think pe- that's where people get lost. Like they get so wrapped yeah. up in the storyline and then you got to step back and be like, these people are like tasked with getting married in 47 days. And if you don't want to, yeah. you're, you're a jerk. <laughs> it's like, oh, I well, don't really know. And it, I'm thinking of like all the times, like not all the times, but like, you know, the few times we've, I've had breakups and I'm like, if somebody was around me with a camera, I probably didn't look my best either. I probably looked crazy. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's hard and you, you have to let go of the ego. That's like the number one rule. You have to let go of your ego and apologize. And, you know, even if things didn't appear or seem the way they really were, you just have to go with it. And, you know, I hope he'll do that soon. I know you don't watch the reunion, but I know you saw the clips of Nick and Vanessa Lachey kind of like blasting him when he was like, Vanessa, you're Mm -hmm. my only type. And he was kind (laughs) of like, once again, he's hitting on her. He was definitely hitting on her in front of her husband. Um, But uh, it's Nick's second marriage, too. So he didn't do everything perfectly. Right. You know, and and cameras followed him. And so he probably knows what it feels like to maybe not get the best edit. I would hope. I don't know. I think, yeah, I read Jessica's book and it sounds like there was some of that for sure. Um, I just think it's really easy to throw stones at the glass houses of those who sign up for Love is Blind. But I mean, Nick has been married to two of the arguably most beautiful women in the world. So Right, like physically beautiful. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm like, Nick, you do the experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, like, I, I love them. I, Vanessa is freaking humble she comes from a really humble place she was really there for me during a lot of it so she's a badass like love her Um, remember that which is really sweet because I feel like not a lot of people on that show were she she actually started crying we went to this dress place and she was bawling her eyes out when she got there and she's like I can't believe these are the dresses that you guys have to wear was she upset She's like, I went to Vera Wang. I went to Monique Lulier. Oh. And you guys I, I are looked at this at, place. Yeah, I looked terrible. at a store that sold Monique and I was priced out immediately. Okay, this is a good question though, because we are both wedding planning right now and probably, you know, some of our listeners are too. What is the average or what did you spend on your wedding dress? I saw this posted in a group, a social group that I'm in on Facebook and I was kind of surprised because I thought mine was average, but then I thought I was looking at all the comments and they were so much lower. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I an idiot? I had the same experience recently. (laughs) I was like, so did I overspend on my dress? Which I love. I love, love, love it. But I was just kind of curious. I'm like, well, who was, because I went to four stores and it wasn't like things were cheap. Everything was much more expensive than I expected it to be. (laughs) So I'm curious what our listeners paid for their wedding dresses. Yes. I'm curious. I'll just say mine was four. Mine was 4,000. And I think it's beautiful. Mine's 42.50. I haven't bought it yet, though. Lay away. Lay away. (laughs) Kmart. Hello. Kmart, sponsor us. Um, Yeah. 
I, I don't know. That's just an interesting question. And I know we've gotten a lot of questions about like who we are as friends and what's going on in our lives. So I just wanted to throw that out there as, you know, I think wedding planning, a lot of people are going through it. And I'm just curious, the prices are just outrageous. And so, yeah, let us know what you spent on your wedding dress and let me know if I'm an idiot. What do you got going on in the wedding planning? Everything's pretty much finalized except for florals, flowers. I cannot get myself to pull the trigger because it is so expensive. And I'm like, I love pretty. I want the ballroom to look amazing, but I cannot. I would rather get our basement bathroom refinished than pay for flowers for eight hours. I mean, it blows my mind. And I mean, the low quotes that I'm getting, I would say are probably in like five, 5,000, which I feel like people would be like, oh, that's so good. But I'm just like, is it good? You need, I mean, something tangible in five days. Those will be dead, you know? But even the fake flowers are the same price, but they just, you can keep them. But I'm like, what am I going to do with them? I loved your idea when you told me about fake fake flowers. I didn't know that was a thing that people do. And I think we could each go together and get fake flowers. And then I can use them for my wedding, which will probably be like three years. We need a a company that will um, set up. We need like a company that's in Atlanta and California, like that will set up mine and then save them and set up yours because you don't want to set them. I mean, you can't set them up yourself. Can you? I don't know. We'll just ship them. Right. But when they and get then, to you, then who's going to put them up? You? Oh, right. Yeah. That's a good point. Ben? That's a great point. You're like, but the day of your wedding? Want, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to freak you out, but Ben and I were having this conversation like, oh my gosh, Gary and Ashley are getting married in four months. Yeah. You're freaking me out. Sorry, but it's true. <laughs> kind of freaking me out a little bit. I have, uh, I have Kenny and his fiance's wedding. Kenny, I, Kenny, we love him. And then I have another wedding in Manhattan Beach, and then I have your mm-hmm. wedding, all within like five weeks of each other. And I have That's your bachelorette party. That'll be fun though for you. I love going to weddings. What's oh, not to what's my, not to enjoy? I love going to weddings. It's the just, best. I love the cake. I live for the cake at weddings. Do you really? Yeah. That's interesting because I feel like I never even get a piece because I'm so full from food. You're dancing. Like who cares? You're that girl. I'm sorry. You're like I'm the line. girl. I'm the girl <laughs> eating. Like I'm like I'll take yours, Ash. You don't want that? <laughs> I, feel I like try. I never if, get if cake. If there are multiple flavors, I try every one. You're and I work. have like I have like a running list of the best cakes in history. Actually, oh. and Andy was my favorite. It was like this cappuccino crunch, delicious. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So that's good. like a rare flavor too. I think we're just gonna do vanilla. So I hope you like it. Oh, you're gonna do vanilla? Mm-hmm. Did you go to cake tasting? Not yet. We haven't done any tasting. So apparently, no. Once you go cake tasting, you'll end up with like. We'll be doing like a sponge with lemon no, and raspberry. No, no. With a hint of lavender. Oh my gosh. Coconut that's flakes. so funny. I'm like, I'm just hopeful. Like we have an open bar. I'm like, by the time the cake comes out, but I guess people like Jessica are eager for it. I don't know. So maybe I should yeah. reprioritize that. Yeah, you should. Because I'm your maid of honor. Oh so my like, goodness. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll just send you to do the cake. <laughs> That's okay. I'll fly in next weekend. Let's go cake tasting. Um, but that's kind of where we are right now. The flowers and um, what else do I have to do? I don't know. I need to get my dress altered. So I guess the price of that's going oh, up. Yeah. And um, everything else is pretty much set. I want to say just the payments. Oh, oh, that. 
That's Gary. Gary. <laughs> just that part, the remaining payments. Um, so that stinks. But yeah, we're excited. But I'm just kind of like, oh my God. I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was like, I don't even think we're going to do anything. I think we're just going to like kind of stay engaged. And I was like, you're saving so much money. Yeah. <laughs> I get that journey. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. I had never dreamed this process would be so expensive. Aren't you excited, though, that there is a finish line? I but did is a cam- there? I mean, I oh, did a of cameo. the wedding? I was like, because we've yeah. been together for so long. It's almost like. No, it's like the finish line of like actually having a wedding during, oh. well, kind of the pandemic and yeah. getting it done. And I mean, it's just such a bear. I did a cameo for someone today who just had a wedding in San Diego. And I was just like, you're an inspiration to me. You got your wedding done. <laughs> That's so funny. That's, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the day. I'm just hoping uh, everything goes off without a hitch. But I yeah, we, we did a quick pivot. Um, all right, so we're not talking about Love is Blind today, but there's a lot of other really popular shows on right now, including The Dropout on Hulu which I have been fascinated by this Elizabeth Holmes story since that podcast came out a few years ago. And I can't remember. I mean, that's the podcast introduced me to this whole saga. And I think the series on Hulu does a good job of kind of digging more into her background as a person. Like, I didn't know her dad worked for Enron. What? <laughs> right? What? And I looked it up. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they grew up in like a mega mansion, with all of these rooms. And... I'm just fascinated by the whole story. Um, I think more people are getting introduced to it right now because of the show. And 2020 also just did something on it. (laughs) Listening to the podcast right now, I'm just so fascinated. But how does this happen, Jessica? Because you're in tech and I want to know, like, can I make something up that doesn't really work and then ask someone to give me millions of dollars? How does that work? Or did she just have the privilege of having all those contacts? The craziest part of this story is I think she had privileged contacts for sure. And I think they do a really good job of making her human. And she's this woman who wants to change the world. She mostly wants to be a billionaire, which makes you lose a little bit of, you know, the respect. But she, I think, had the best of intentions to go out and change tech healthcare, which definitely needs some disruption. Um But the thing that makes her a mastermind con artist is that, you know, I've been in the tech sales space for like 14 years and there are so many steps that you have to go through. Okay. And one of those is definitely a demo. You definitely have to, you know, present a prototype. They have to see this work. But when you watch the Hulu documentary, you'll see that they came up with a way to make it look like the prototype Emerson was spitting out the results. Is that not fraudulent? Oh, that's why we're here. That's the fraudulent piece (laughs) is, you know, they queued it up to make it look that way, but it really wasn't doing the work that it was supposed to be doing. So it it makes me So what's the long and short of this? Is this really like possible or is this just like a once in a lifetime type of thing that happened? I think it's once in a lifetime. She came from a very well-respected family. She went to Stanford. She... I mean, as you see that in the documentary, she looks at herself in the mirror, changes her voice, and <laughs> and she just tries to sell people, and she becomes really, really good at it. You know, here's and- what though I read, and you probably know this more than anybody, but in Silicon Valley, 
everyone's looking for the next Airbnb. Everyone's looking for the next mm-hmm. Uber. Everyone. So these com- I don't know if they're companies or vet, like tech, whatever. They are mm-hmm. investing in like all of these risky ventures, hoping, and I guess that's part of it, hoping it's going to be the next Uber. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, when she was talking to the investor, he had last invested with Larry Ellison, who created Oracle. Mm, And it's, you know, and she sold him on that. Um, It's, you know, the Silicon Valley dream for sure. And I would be lying if I didn't say I totally understood her and in a way, Um, one, feeling like she had to be somebody she wasn't, especially 20 years ago in tech. Um, Mm -hmm. to be respected. Um, There's still people that I deal with that mansplain over me all the time. And feeling like she had to change her voice. Um, I totally kind of understood that, but also having that dream to change the world. I, it, it breaks my heart because seeing a woman in that position and able to achieve that and fall short because she felt that she had to con people in order to get there (laughs) makes me sad. But I do think she thought in the end they would work out the kinks and it would, um, it would be a successful, you know, new invention. And I can't say I respect her though, because she was dealing with people's help. It's one thing if you're faking like something for a car, something for like, I don't, I don't know non-living um but she was dealing with people's health and if I was waiting on a diagnosis for a disease and I was like scammed I would not be very happy yeah that's the part where it falls off for me as well (laughs) when they're in the cancer center and her engineer just can't do it and good and and they have the conversation where he's like this doesn't actually work Elizabeth and she's just so far in her head I think she really believes it you know, but it's just isn't fact that this thing actually works. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And I guess if people have not seen this yet, you got to check Oof, it out. I it's quite a story. I would recommend listening to the podcast, honestly, because it was so mm-hmm. good. Um, so good. You could, Amanda Seyfried's really good in the She's dropout. doing a good job. She's doing a good job. She's so cute. She's doing a really good job in that. Um, all right, so that's kind of what we're watching. What are we reading? I'm so into books right now because television is just... I think such a difficulty for mental health <laughs> just across the board in news. You got to know your limits. You got to know with news, your with, barriers. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm kind of like stepping away from that. I want to try and read a new book every month. So Leanne Moriarty has, well, this is a book that she put out a couple years ago, but they are now making it into a limited series on Peacock. Mm-hmm. So she also did Big Little Lies with Nicole Kidman. And then Nine Perfect Strangers with Nicole Kidman. So I'm just hoping she can use Nicole Kidman for a third story um, because I absolutely love her. But um, she's just, she's so brilliant. If you like fictional psychological thrillers, um, she's where it's at. So I'm reading Apple Never Fall. Apples Never Fall. Interesting. All right. Um, I'm not reading anything right now, but I should jump into it, especially as the weather gets nice. I like to sit outside. What do you but, like to read? Um, I don't think we've ever read anything together except no. for stuff for a small group. And, and the Glennon Doyle. <sighs> we love Glennon Doyle. Um, anything by Glennon Doyle. That's a, that's a good question. I should probably know the answer to this. Good thing I'm not running for office. Um, I don't know. <laughs> 
what I like to read. Anything that, I mean, I listen to podcasts every single day and I really am into true crime from journalists. Um, cause there's a difference between like, I don't know, how do we want to get there? But, um, I do like true crime in that sense. Like I love mm-hmm. Dateline. I love 2020. I love 48 hours, but I got to well, find my thing. With you pretty much sent me a book the other day when you sent me that Humans of New York oh. Instagram post that's broken into 13 posts. Yeah. I love Did Humans you read that entire thing? Of course thing? I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. It was so good. And she's from right here. Um, you got to read it. And What was it about? Oh, my like, gosh. Give me a little Cliff's Notes. So she's from right here. The Cliff's Notes were, spoiler alert, um, she was a woman who was raised with a mother who had some mental health issues, who was kind of abusive. And so she kind of ran into the arms of a boyfriend she found in college. Everyone thought they were the perfect couple. They lived in Savannah. Was it Savannah? Augusta? Augusta, I think. Um, everyone thought they were the perfect couple. He was the nicest guy. He was so great. But then they started having some money trouble, right? And so she was like, oh, where's the money going? I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. One day, mm-hmm. I think she gets a call. Does she get a call? Yes. From somebody who says, I know who your husband is. He's been frequenting the hotel. Basically, it was a prostitute. And he was dabbling with them for uh, who even knows how long. And then mm-hmm. there was that. And then secondly, one of her daughters says, and he's also been abusing me, sexually abusing me. Oh, my and, gosh. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to jail. I think he's in jail for like, 50 years or something like that. And so she's got nothing, not a thing. And so she starts just rebuilding herself and she's one of the top real estate producers in Augusta now. And she's just like on billboards and just like, it was just a story of resilience. And I mean, that's kind of what humans of New York is. And I just thought I was like, Bravo. It makes me want to stand up and like give her a standing ovation for what she went through and, and where she is today. And I was like, oh my gosh, those stories just like take the breath out of me. I love them. Okay, well, I'm going to So if that counts following. as a book, there we go. Yeah, it does count as a book for me. It did take me some time to read it, but I love it. And, yeah. and, and Humans of New York is so funny that they'll release one, like part one, part two. And then they'll be like, let's wait two hours and release part three. And so they keep everyone like, you know, on the edge of their seat, having these cliffhangers and releasing them throughout the day so that you're That's at like really eight smart. hours. It is smart. And um, he does so much good too. He raises so much money for the people in his stories. Um, I remember he did one on a bakery here in Roswell. I can't remember where the family was from, but they had fled a country, had nothing, and just started like this gluten-free bakery. And they raised over a million dollars when that came out. I think it came out last year. And then I went and visited, and it was so good. And there was a line out the door. And so he just does really good stuff for America. But that was a really good Humans of New York. And if our viewers yeah. read, please leave us a voicemail yes. and tell us like what your favorite Humans of New York story is, because there are so many good ones. Yeah. Send them our way. If you have send book them. recommendations, send those along. Maybe we can start a monthly book club, something like that. Oh, that'd be cute. Get everyone's be reading it. up. Reading, it's, there are so many studies about how reading affects your mental health in such a positive way. Yeah. My mom reads a lot. So, such okay. a great thing. We've got a few voicemails. Shall we play? Let's do it. All right. So the first voicemail is from Martha. Thanks so much for calling in, Martha. We try to get to these every week. Hey, ladies. 
it's Martha. I'm calling from New York. I'm so excited to speak with you guys and um, let you know how excited I am for this podcast every week. I love it. Um, I love the relationship uh, that you guys have, how we're able to contact you guys and talk about anything. It's really refreshing. Um, and so I guess my question would be, uh, what is the uh, easiest part about living with that or like you know it when you guys started your relationship what was the easiest part and what was the hardest part about living with somebody <laughs> that you guys <laughs> you know, had to deal with so what was the hardest part and easiest part i guess thank uh, you martha from new york thanks for calling in you want to go first? That was really sweet. Where's your ring? I know. P.S. It's on my ring holder by my bed. I actually went out to this event yesterday and forgot to put it on. And I usually always have it on, but I washed my hair earlier this week. Okay. I just took it off. Well, why and don't you why don't you tell the people why we do not leave our rings in places oh other gosh. than our finger? Because you because somebody thought yours was a fake ring at a bridal shop, and she ran out. She's like, "Is this anybody's ring?" Yeah. Two weeks after my engagement. That would have been really bad. That would have been so bad. But what's the hardest part about living with somebody? I would say that they're always here. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's keep it real. They're always here. There's <laughs> nowhere to go. I'm like, okay. Fortunately, me and Gary moved into a bigger house than... Um, we were kind of like in a little dollhouse before we moved into a house with more space. And so now it doesn't feel like we're all on top of each other, me, him and the three dogs. It feels like we have space. So, and I'm in my like little office and you know, it's, so that's really nice, but I think that's the hardest. I mean, it's like, can I just have a night off? Can I just, I just want to be like, I just want to rent a hotel. Like I remember when I went to go see our friend Lindsay's apartment in Buckhead and it was so cute and so nicely decorated and I thought oh I would love this to be my little bachelorette place I like just come Carrie. here when I want and just be like Whoa. like Carrie on Sex in the City yeah 100 percent I love that you and Gary are both so independent that one I feel like you guys are never at home He's either with his friends doing his thing, you're doing your thing, like you are involved in so much doing your hosting and emceeing and all your friend groups and your different small groups that I feel like that might help. What might help? Just not being at home all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like someone like me. No. (laughs) Um, And did she say what was the easiest thing about living with somebody? It's like... Um, I guess it's like the same thing, right? You've always have like some camaraderie you always have like company. And so there's always somebody mm-hmm. there to talk to and like, I don't know, like you're going home, you're not going home to like your own place or you're bored or I don't know. So it's like a double-edged sword, I think. What about for you? Yeah. Um, I love it. I lived alone for so long that I got, um, I was so in my routine that it was really mm-hmm. hard moving in with Ben, but I was in a weird situation in my apartment in Manhattan Beach and I had to actually leave my apartment. So I didn't have another choice. So we moved in together without actually having talked that through. Yeah. (laughs) So I moved in with him and his two kids and my dog and there was a lot of kinks to work out. But um, I'm so happy that I did because it's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I think the hardest part is... Just I'm here all day and then he comes in like pretty hot sometimes 
and the kids come in and it's just like a lot. <laughs> so you need your own bachelorette place too, is what you're saying. I do. Yeah. I think that's normal. I think a lot of women feel that. Like I would probably, my mom would probably say the same thing. We should get a bachelorette place halfway between Atlanta and California. And then we could just go there whenever we feel like Where we need to Where would that be? What state out. is that? Texas. Oh, I'm down for that. Austin. Let's, okay. I'm, I'm 100% down. All right. Um, so thank you so much, Martha, for calling in. We love you guys. And that was a really funny question. All right. The next question we have is from Caitlin Carlson. So thank you so much for calling in, Caitlin. Here we go. Hi, this is Caitlin from Orlando, Florida. Um, I have actually messaged Jess about this in the past on Instagram, and we talked a little bit back and forth. I don't know if it was really her or if it was her friend who it sounds like was managing her Instagram at the time, but I was in a very similar situation to her and found her to be really inspirational from Love is Blind. Um, I was dating a guy who checked off all my proverbial boxes, um, but I was just lacking that physical attraction. And, you know, some of my friends were just very confused by that, thought that my standards were too high. So the comment that I wanted to make was on the question of would you do sort of a blind dating situation if that came to Tinder because it sounds like it it has or it's going to I'm gonna give a big no at least for myself personally because physical attraction is so important to me and I realized that after my last relationship where the guy can be absolutely incredible but if it's missing that spark it just you can't fake it and I tried to fake it for two years I don't want to say fake it you know but I tried to create it over the course of two years and it just never happened so no way on the blind dating. I hope it works for other people, but an absolute no for me, unfortunately. Thank you so much, Caitlin Carlson, for calling in. Do you want to comment on that? Oh, Caitlin, I don't think we have to shame ourselves for not being attracted to certain people. I think we're made for relationships, but also we're made for attraction. Even animals have to be attracted to each other. Ashley, remember when we were in Jackson Hole and we took that tour with the elk? And they said that the elk's antlers were the reason that the female would choose them. So they wanted to have the biggest, boldest antlers in, you know, in the entire ranch. So it's it's okay uh, if you are or are not attracted to someone and to, I mean, it's just a thing, right? You can vocalize it. In a nice way, yeah. In a nice I, way. I mean, I exactly. totally agree. I don't. I think that's kind of like case closed. I mean, you in the fifties, when our grandparents were dating, that's that was okay, right? You go up to someone because you find them attractive. That's why Gary slid into your DMs, like he found you attractive. Yeah. He didn't know fun. you. He didn't that's know true. you. That's true. And then you got to know each other yeah. and fell in love. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for calling in. This one's from Safia. Safia. Hey, guys. Okay, this question is for Jess. Jessica, when is the wedding, sis? <laughs> when is the wedding, sis? We do not know, actually. But we have engagement pictures scheduled, so we're excited about that. And I'm waiting on um, some projects to either go or not, and then we will set a date. And I will Do keep you get a lot of questions about that? Prized of the situation. Yes, I do. You do? Mostly from our family. <laughs> they want to know what's going on. Yeah, they're ready. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the pictures. 
Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good step. What kind um, of vibe were you going for? I did tell you that we would be married before you and Gary. You did. You were like, we'll probably false. do February. I was like, okay. That was false. I mean, there's no rush. That's, there's I mean, no rush, really. No, I don't feel like there's a rush. I'm Except my ovaries are slowly stop deteriorating. Do not put that on yourself. <laughs> do not put that on yourself. And you've already I'm got kidding. two beautiful bonus kids. I do. Um, and you've got Peyton and it That's is true. what it is. You know? My heart is so full. Absolutely. No, I'm totally kidding about that situation. I have my eggs on ice. Yep. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So. We, maybe we could talk about that situation and, and that journey on one of our shows and kind of yeah. what that was like for you because that was all happening to. during all of this craziness too. And oh, you know, right. you remember? Oh, yeah. So I think yeah. that would be really good. So thank you so much, you guys for calling in. We love getting your voicemails. We like send them to each other and just it's discuss so them and think they're the best. And thanks so much for just continuing to listen. We appreciate you. We'd yeah. love for you to leave a five-star review and just subscribe to all things. And Hopefully, we'll continue to create really good content, meaningful content. Yes, we are having a blast. So we'll keep showing up if you do. Give us a five-star rating, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.